You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. Are you ready to blab with me? Grab a front row seat as I adventure through motherhood, build my career, and not lose my shit. This podcast is a place for women to come together and relate through the highs and lows of business and motherhood, keep it real, and learn some new business tips and tricks while inspiring each other to do the dang thing. So close your eyes and take a deep breath, mama. You found us. It might not always be pretty, but you can count on one thing. We are in this hot mess together. Oh yeah, I'm so glad you're here to listen to the show, but make sure you check out everything else that Boss Ladies and Babies has to offer, like our mini episodes every Tuesday with quick business tips for the busy boss lady, our merchandise that will be relaunching soon, and all of our resources, coaching, courses, programs, and more over at bossladiesandbabies.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. It is Megan. I am so excited to be back for another week. And I have got some big freaking news. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in with my highs and lows before we get too far. Okay. As of today, my article that I submitted to Scary Mommy has officially been published and I am freaking out. Holy crap. I cannot believe that this happened. I am just so honored. I'm proud of myself. I am shocked. I'm in complete awe. I am terrified of so many people reading something that I wrote. I'm feeling just a million different emotions right now. And, you know, to be honest, when I wrote this article, I I just really was like, you know what? I've been talking about sending something to Scary Mommy for a while. I'm just going to do it. And I'm sure that I'm not ever going to hear back, whatever but it just felt good to do it. And two short days later, I heard back that they were planning on submitting the article and it just felt too good to be true. And I really, you know, still didn't believe it. It was supposed to come out on the 12th and it just came out today. And, you know, all this time I've been thinking like, well, maybe something happened and, you know, this, this isn't really going to happen. Like I'm not going to be published on a huge mommy blog. There's no way this is going to happen. And sure enough, it happened. So my article is out there. And for those of you who don't know me that well, I am really uh, struggling with the pandemic, as I'm sure so many of us are. And I'm a very overcautious, anxious person. And my mental health has not been great (laughs) during this time, especially when it comes to making decisions for my toddler. And, you know, this article really touches on that. Like I had a very public, very embarrassing breakdown at a park near our house a few weeks ago. And it is what inspired me to write this article. I share the story in the article. And, you know, I I have to tell myself and I know it deep down in my heart that I'm not the only mama or person who is feeling this way. And so the goal for this piece that I wrote is to help someone who is feeling as isolated and afraid and angry as I am, or to maybe inspire somebody to reach out to another mama and see if they're okay. Because no matter how it appears to the outside world with what our choices are and how we're navigating life during this pandemic, this isn't coming easy for any of us. And 
you know, it just, we need to talk about it. We just need to talk about it. So that's what I did. And now it's out there and holy crap, I'm freaking out. Um, so make sure you go check it out. You can find it uh, from the link in my Instagram bio. You can find it on scarymommy.com. And I will also put it on our website as well. So that's my high. That is like really high. I'm very, very excited right now. If you can't tell my, my low for this week would be, I just have like a little cold, I think. Um, definitely instantly freaked out that it was COVID, took a COVID test. It's not COVID. Um, it's just like a little stuffy nose and sore throat. And it's honestly just more annoying than anything, considering I haven't had a cold in a very long time. And then I wonder where did I even get the dang cold? Because we wear masks everywhere we go. So that's frustrating. But have a little cold getting through it. The low is like completely outshined by all this exciting stuff that's happening right now. So that is my highs and lows. So let's get into the episode for this week. We are going to be talking about how to invest in yourself as a parent and a business owner. And as I said, I'm joined by the founder and CEO of the Collective Book Studio, which is a partnership publisher working to pair authors' visions with quality book production in the areas of lifestyle, gift, and children's books. My guest has over 20 years of experience in the publishing industry and is on a mission to disrupt the industry by giving budding authors more agency and authority in the publishing process. I am so, so, so excited to chat with Angela. So let's welcome her to the show right after this quick break. It's time for this week's Boss Lady Business Spotlight. Meet Sweet Indulgence. Sweet Indulgence is a custom bake shop in Bellingham, Washington. They do cakes, cupcakes, macarons, and cookies that are just as beautiful as they are delicious. The owner, Amy, loves frosting and hopes to bring smiles to as many people as she can through baking, and she does just that. Check out her amazing creations and contact her to order your own at Sweet Indulgence PNW. That's Sweet Indulgence PNW. Enjoy. Hello, Angela. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, we're going to dive into talking about investing in yourself as a parent and a business owner, which I'm so excited to get to know you a bit more, hear your story, hear how this has gone for you. But before we dig in, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners? Um, well, first of all, Megan, this is just a delight to be here. I am uh, the founder and publisher of a company called The Collective Book Studio. We're based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. I founded the business three years ago. Uh, we're a publisher, a partnership publishing house, uh, independent, women-owned, and have full distribution with a partner with a company out in Chicago. And our our books are sold wherever they could be available, from you know grocery stores to big stores to like Target to Barnes and Noble, your favorite local bookseller like Powell's in Portland, for example. Amazing! Oh my gosh, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. Okay. Are you a writer yourself or? No, I'm no. not. I, I, I have a degree in creative writing and comparative lit from the University of Oregon, but I uh, quickly uh, got a job right out of college in marketing sales and business development. And that's really my background. Wow. Amazing. So why publishing? Ah, why publishing? Well, 
partly because I was a comparative, I was a comparative lit major uh, and I love reading. I've always loved books. I, when in third grade, I wanted to be a writer. Um, I actually think writing a book is extremely hard and I've been blessed to uh, know so many writers and sell their work. And I think being on the marketing and sales and business development side, I, I was worked in traditional publishing for, I've been ahead of career for over 21 years. I was at Chronicle Books and 10 Speed Press, to name just a couple, and um, also sold brands like Moleskin. And um, I think that I've just learned over the years of what it means to develop a book like a product and that authors actually do need that guidance because many writers are not, that's not their, 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 their skill set is writing, right? Mm -hmm. And telling the story, it might not be like the full come to market. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So let's get into this because you have decades of experience in the publishing industry, which is amazing. And I love how your mission is to help budding authors gain more authority in the publishing process. I mean, I, I love writing as well. I haven't like, we have a book coming out, but it's kind of a different format than a traditional book. Um, and just like the whole publishing part is, was like part of the deal. So for me with my creative brain, I have no idea how that whole part even works. And so I feel like people who help others pursue their dreams is, and giving them that push to success is so important. And, you know, hearing your voice and hearing your story and how you help other people, I think is so important. And so I'm curious to know what made you decide to be the one that helps give others this kind of chance. Hmm. Well, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I just love books. I do believe they change lives. They, they have a way to, you know, make us think broader about the world, whether, and that's whether we're reading fiction or nonfiction or our favorite children's books. I mean, um, self-help book, career books. Uh, there's a book that I uh, found, found when I was in my twenties called What Color Is Your Parachute? by Rick Bowles and it was published by 10 Speed Press and I was young and I was in publishing and at that time I wanted I wanted to have a different job within the publishing industry and so I looked at the spine of the book and I noticed that 10 Speed Press was in Berkeley so I wrote the owner a letter because the color of my parachute said that I had like this entrepreneurial kind of spirit and then in that part of that parachute the job may not be posted or written, but you could write it for yourself. And mm -hmm. I took that really literally and I wrote to the company and they called me, I got an interview and they wrote me a job. And in many ways, finding a business and being an entrepreneur, you're writing your own job, right? You're writing your career, you're, you're doing that same thing. So even within my own young spirit at 20, I was already doing that, not necessarily knowing I'd become a publisher myself, wow. but that book really changed my life and in the career space. And I, so I often, that's why I publish in the, in the career and business space. I publish in self-help. I publish in children, do lots of nonfiction. Those are all things that I've just had the blessing to really see come to market and um, know that independent publishing can really succeed there outside of the big five publishing mm -hmm. houses. Okay. Can we talk a little bit more about how you just 
went for that and <laughs> called them and asked them and got an interview like that is huge that, that had to be pretty terrifying and just like also a huge like feeling of accomplishment yeah I mean I always have this like thing that what's the worst that anyone can ever tell you mm-hmm. is no and what how what so what what what's the big deal about no right like Yes, it's scary to put yourself out there. Yes, you're going to get a lot of no's. But if you're not, if you can't embrace that, like you can hear that no, then you're not going to grow. You're not going to learn. So to be able to, for myself, I've always like been the type of young child who's been like, okay, well, I'm going to try it because what is the worst that could happen? Oh, someone told me no. Okay, what does that mean? What do I have to take from it? So I guess when I wrote this letter, I thought to myself, like, what is the worst that could happen is that they don't call me or they tell me, no, it's not going to work out. And it'd still be me. I'd still be okay. I'd still have a job and there all, there'll be other opportunities. And I think though, not taking those types of actions, I would have never had the opportunity to get the, the job I did there, which was at 10 speed press. And they have, you know, published incredible cookbooks like Boulevard a great restaurant in San Francisco at, or, and also like the Twinkies cookbook, like just really fun host from hostess, like just opportunity where I was taking these cookbooks and actually going to places like Costco or HEB central markets down in Texas and being able to kind of look at books um, outside of the bookstore space. And, and so that's really what allowed me to do this sort of creative development that I do now and the publisher that I am now is that I've seen books succeed um, in so many different market markets, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just like that you, that happened to you. So it's just kind of like part of your journey and it's kind of like, yeah, I just wrote them a letter and I got this interview. (laughs) But for those of those of people listening and for myself to hear you say that, like, that's just so powerful because so many times we just think that the opportunities aren't there for us. And we make all of these excuses and reasons as to why we aren't doing the things that we're dreaming of doing. Right. And so just to be able to put yourself out there in that way and have the confidence to just make the ask, I think is, is so much more powerful than even what you may realize for this audience to hear, because we as women and as mothers need to be able to have that confidence to put ourselves out there and go for the things that we want out of life and to really invest in ourselves and just see what happens. Like you said, the worst they can say is no. That's one thing that I'm like really known for both professional and personally. And my husband makes fun of me for this all the time, but secretly it's like one of the things he loves about me is always just asking for things, even if they're not blatantly available, like just asking. And oftentimes you will be able to get something that you want. And I think that's so incredible that you did that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even a guest on the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've had a career 20 plus years. I have been, you know, we just, I just wrote an article for parents magazine, which was phenomenal how to choose, you know, how I choose children's books for my children. I have three girls. Um, And, um, yet I still have to ask, right. That it doesn't, it's not, I'm not a celebrity. They're not calling me going, Hey, can I book you on the today show? No, I have to ask, right. Megan, I had to ask you, I would really love to be a guest on your podcast. 
And this is why. And you were like, absolutely. But even just that ask, Mm -hmm. no matter where you are in your career, you have to sort of be humble and know that I might have not been a right fit right now that had not was not personal. It was about where you were at with your business or I'm at with my business. But it doesn't mean then there might be another connection that can grow out of it. Exactly. And just the confidence that you get from even hearing no, sometimes, you know, it just, it thickens your skin and it helps you make these big, scary decisions as you continue to grow in your business and have to, you know, do new things and put yourself out there, you know, gives you a thicker skin and just helps you grow as a person. I, I think so. Okay. So you were at the large publishing company and then you decided to kind of start your own thing. And how long were you, how long were you there before you decided to go out on your own? Speaking of scary things, like leaving a traditional career to start your own business is, is something that's really terrifying to a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, look, it wasn't like an overnight um, idea. It probably took me having three children to really say, okay, I got to think about something differently to be completely honest here it was my third baby, which my oldest and my youngest are about are eight years apart or over, maybe even eight and a half years apart in age. And I was uh, over six months pregnant and I was on a trade show floor and I'm in sales and it's long hours and long days and the show's in Las Vegas. I'm like director, you know, head of sales. It was a cocktail party uh, that, that night and I'm just exhausted. Like I'd rather... Okay, I have two kids at home. I'm pregnant with my third. I'm practically, I'm 40 almost years old. And I just was like, I would rather be in a big tub bath, probably order myself a really, you know, a beer, even though I can't drink, <laughs> whatever, or just like, you know, have a glass of tea, tea and go to bed. And instead, I'm at this cocktail party and I'm sitting down and I'm so exhausted. And I'm friendly, you know, and I can care conversation and my buyers are awesome. But the next day at the trade show, I was like, realized that I just needed to take some time to figure out because I was making money for someone else's company. And it wasn't like mine. And I was just feeling at that moment, like, what am I continually doing? And I've missed, like, I've missed lots of things for the girls. Like, you know, I really, I'm still to this day, my oldest, I, when she was in kindergarten, it was, she would go, went to an Oakland public school and the MLK, um, Martin Luther King or, or, or Torkel Fest is a really big deal in Oakland. And I missed that whole competition. I was, you know, away on business and, um, was at Chronicle Books at the time. I was a big, um, sales director for mass market accounts, big wholesale accounts. And, you know, I've missed gymnastics meets and all this kind of stuff. And I just, at that moment, no judgment on anybody and no judgment on me, but I was like, maybe with this third one, I just want to take a little time to figure out at 40, what is my purpose right now? Because my purpose at 25 or 30 was just different. And that's okay to say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? It was my kid. It was my kid that got me to really, my kids that got me to just say, hey, look, I love to work. I'm working on vacation sometimes. I have to admit that like that side of me is really hard to to turn off. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. 
And um, I'm not the best not working. Mm -hmm. I love like the presentation. I love being able to be part of those conversations with other adults and like plan out what could work for them and in their in their store and in their space. Um, and I and I do that to this day. But my but owning a company is very different. Mm-hmm. That I felt like my personality really needed in order to just fulfill this sort of the happiness that I guess I'm seeking, the joy that I'm seeking um, for me was to really uh, pursue a dream and to own my own, my, my own company. Yeah. It's wild how our children have this way of like making us open our eyes to those things. Um, yeah. really similar for me with, with this podcast that's evolved into my business. I, you know, was pregnant with my daughter and freaking out about how I was going to balance all the things, you know, I was, I've been an entrepreneur, like a manager of businesses, an entrepreneur for as long as I can remember. And having a baby coming into the picture, I knew was going to change things, but at the time, and this was only three years ago, not many people were talking about this. They were not talking about how you can balance being a mother and an entrepreneur. It was almost like this feeling of you had to choose and you had to sacrifice one of these things. And so before my daughter was even on this planet, physically, she opened my eyes to this whole idea of what I needed to be doing and what my true calling and my passion was. And that was to relate with other women who might be feeling the same way that I was feeling and help them discover that you can have both of these things. Right. And, and just that eye opening moment that my child gave me, and just like your child gave you, it's, it's such a special gift that we don't really get to see a lot of times, unless we are parents, because we want to do everything that we can for our children. And we know that in order to do that, we need to take care of what's important to us and how you're describing this cocktail party, right? Being exhausted and wishing you could be anywhere else, like in a bath at home when that's your own business, it just feels different when you're that dead tired and it's your own business. It feels so much different because you know, you're creating almost this legacy for your children and you're, you're showing them what it's like to have dedication and passion for something so personal. And it's just amazing what we can do when we have these little humans. Oh yeah. I mean, and to branch off. So I took this huge leap of faith and I quit that, that like, I was like, I'll give you a month, but I think I need to, I think I need to just think about what my next step is. Mm-hmm. And of course, as women, we don't say like, Hey, this was too much or how this, we just say, you know what? It's on us. We want to be a mom. Right. We kind of just like, which is so silly. Like, yeah. no, no, my husband doesn't have to say, when he quit and founded his own business nine years ago, he's not like, oh, I'm going to go be a dad. Right. Like, that's not like what you say. You're like, I'm going to go find my own. My husband uh, owns his own accounting firm. He's going to be like, I'm going to run my own account. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. But for women, we're always like, oh, we're going to take a step back. Right. What's the step back? Right. So instead, what I did is I got calls right away and I um, consulted. It was awesome. I actually, as soon as I quit, I actually got a phone call like the next week and was like, and from, from a big baby brand and they needed help developing their catalog for Nordstrom's and Bye Bye Baby. And they were like, Angela, 
you can totally have this baby. We just want like you consult, right? Like look at our catalog, look at our material. I, they actually flew me to Utah when the baby was like little and tiny. And uh, I just like got, she got in a photo shoot, which was so fun Ooh. for this baby. Just took a year consulting. And I got to like go on hikes with my baby in, in Ergo. And I still was like in the game, right? I still like could see what was going on in retail, but I was just doing other things. I was in, you know, at the time and like I had quit publishing and um, came out and did some baby home and fashion. And actually, I think that time has made me a better publisher because I've seen the world of fashion, how it moves quickly, how it gets product to market. And I think that in publishing, we often move at a snail and archaic pace. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's so many facets of publishing, but being an insider in publishing and kind of going, hey, guys, we should sort of do this differently. Other industries are able to um, really listen to buyers, see what really works um, in retail. What is fashion? You know, a book should, I have these books right now, these tiny little board books. They're so cute that are coming out um, this fall. And they're like, pat, I have a little bit of padding um, mm -hmm. in the cover. And it's like, those little things make such a big difference. That yeah. little padded, if you're thinking you want to go into like a bye-bye baby. So like, how are you thinking also as your book as a product is something that I think I also... I'm really good at, not just because of my publishing background, but because of also the baby home and fashion background that I had um, and really listening to buyers that way. So, you know, taking that leap of faith of quitting um, actually opened up to a ton of new doors for me consulting um, and that after consulting um, for a couple years, then I founded this business, the collective book studio. So I consulted yeah. for a couple of years first. Amazing. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like all of the timing needs to be right when you're going to pursue something like starting your own business and then taking all of your experiences from the things that you've done and putting that into that perfect timing to be able to create what, you know, we all set out to create whatever our passion is, but owning a business and being an entrepreneur obviously isn't all like exciting, glamour, amazing stories. So how do you overcome failure or bumps in the road with your business? Hmm. That is such a good question. So, you know, I think that I have said this, there's just like no mountain that you climb in like all of a sudden you're going to climb up a mountain down. I mean, it is like literally peaks and valleys and it's not there are days where like you could be on top of a peak and then you're going to have to be ready. And like, you know, that this is going to be hard and you're going to be in a valley for a little bit. And so I think really figuring out who your team is, is really important. I have employees and staff. I have great, great contacts. And one of the first things I did when I launched my business, I actually had, um, a good old former colleague kind of become a confidant for me. She doesn't work for me, but really is my person that I can, hey, how do how does this sound? Should should I be investing here? Do you like this job description? Maybe weeding through some of uh some of the resumes or the cover letters, like somebody that like maybe you've worked with that you can really, really trust that you can kind of trade with. And I have the fortune of having that in my life with a, with a person that I met over 20 years ago, young in publishing and uh, both moms, both moms of three girls and both in careers. Um, and so I think that that is what keeps me grounded when I've got a huge bump in the road. 
I can always call her. I also think that I have such senior staff Mm -hmm. that I know that I sometimes, even if I know a decision, it's also really important for me to bring sometimes my senior staff in to see how they feel about it and help us make the decision together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's so important to remember in owning a business, like you don't have to do these things alone. And so often, especially as moms, we just feel so responsible for carrying all of the things ourselves that we take on so much feeling like, like I'm guilty of this. Like, well, I have to do it. I have to have my hands in everything. And oftentimes that is going to make your business fail. Honestly, that it's hard to hear, but branching out and finding people that you trust and, and relying on other people to help you is okay. And very, very, very encouraged when you're running a business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you can pinpoint three things that it takes to get started in building your own company, what would they be? Um, I think you have to first figure out your finances and have a really good concept of what program you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, I have I have the good fortune of my partner, my husband being an accountant. Nice. So really for me, uh, understanding QuickBooks, understanding how I'm going to do payroll or pay contractors, um, kind of the money in and the money out, I think is a really good Uh, something you have to learn. And honestly, as women, that is not an easy thing to say, right? Like, and as moms, like met, like just from a stereotypical, but it is true. It's like, how are you paying bills? How are you doing all of this stuff when we go shopping? But like understanding those same things have to be applied in business and even like looking at your spend versus also looking at your revenue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that we kind of forget about when we're thinking about owning a business. We're just so driven by our passion and the things that we're going to get to do almost like if it's that out from your nine to five, or if it's the side hustle that you've been thinking about for a long time, we kind of jump the gun. That's the finances and the legal stuff. I see people kind of Uh, the gun on. Yeah. The legal stuff is a really good point. So that, so the first and second is I have a great lawyer, a publishing lawyer, and I network to get her to think about contracts, to like trademark my, you know, my logo, my, my business name, which we did all before I even launched my website, I actually started trademarking a lot of my stuff. So yes, having those sort of in place before you even sort of launch was really key for me. And I also think that taking risks is inherent. Mm -hmm. And so even if I don't personally, because I'm a sole proprietor, I'm not, it's like in a sole proprietorship, when you make money, it's not like, okay, I'm going to go give myself this much money this month, right? As a salary. It's just very different. There's no investors or she, like I'm not pulling from this outside money to pay me a salary. Mm -hmm. So I'm bootstrapped, right? It's mine. And that way also I can invest in the way that I want to. And so there are going to be months where it's like, I might not Angela Engel be taking home a lot of money for myself, but I made enough money so that I could like, look at, am I going to invest in photography now or in three months from now Mm -hmm. for my website? Am I going to contract this out or not? Like right now I'm debating about 
the direct to consumer on my website? Is that really worth the build out when really my focus is wholesale? And right now I'm sort of like, no, I don't want to invest too much money there because I want to hold it back for other things. So it's also like looking at and reminding yourself where, where is your core business? Where's your core audience? And, uh, and, and how are you going to spend resources there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is a great point. I, I think that's something really important as well. And just kind of weighing the risk and reward when you're looking into that and, and kind of changing your mindset about, you know, what going into business really means. Like you're not going to get rich fast going into business for <laughs> no. yourself and starting your own business. Uh, as we're speaking about kind of risks, you know, leaving a career, leaving a stable career to go into business for yourself, which can, especially starting out, be a little bit hit and miss. There's oftentimes objectives that we get from our friends and our family and our colleagues, maybe the boss that we're getting ready to walk away from that career. And, you know, as we're preparing to invest in ourselves, it's really hard to find that confidence to push through and handle these objectives. How do you personally, or how did you handle objectives when you were leaving your high profile job? Yeah. You know, I think that you have to sort of embrace the fact that like all of like this idea, like, Hey, we're all imperfect. Mm -hmm. Everyone has imperfections, but there's something like the self doubt. You got to just push it out the window. Like for me, whenever I have this like sense of self doubt, I actually go, I use, I usually go for a run. I usually really just get that adrenaline going because it actually really helps. And I go, and I'm able to see more clearly. So yes. Am I imperfect? Do I get impatient? Am I able to sometimes just like not want to like listen at that moment to what the market is telling me or what the staff, of course. Right. That said, in those moments, I need to go to my intuition, go, Hey, slow down. But then there are also things self doubt. I really believe if like, I push that out the window because if I'm like all in, right. Like my, this is not a side hustle. Like I left my career. I left a 401k. I left like, you know, really good health insurance. Mm -hmm. That is not an easy thing to do. You have to be built with a self with like this kind of thick skin. But once you do it, I can guarantee when you build, like when you find a network of other women who've done it, we're just going to, I get cheered on and I'm going to cheer other people on. Like, and so I guess like just when you're in those moments where you're like, Hey, I don't know. Did I do the right thing? Just like find a network, find some people, go on a run, go do yoga because literally once you're in it, it's, it's awesome. It really is. You just have to sort of be able to kind of outweigh those self-doubt moments. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that. I feel like we have so much in common. I also love running and that's like my (laughs) go-to thing to relieve my anxiety. Like if I can't think clearly, I'm like, I got to go for a run, but absolutely. That's the network thing is is huge. Kind of going back to what you're saying about, you know, having somebody that you can rely on and having people on your team that can help you take on those tasks. Like you need to have a community of people around you when you're running a business. Like it just is not going to be easy or probably successful in the long run without a community of people around you. Yeah. Like I just decided to join, I'm part of the female founders collective 
they started, I think, three years ago in New York, and now they're launching a network called the Tenth House. And I just joined. And yes, it's monetary, but I, I always look at the monetary membership as just like almost like you're. It's less than a gym membership, okay? Like, and you need that membership, that pool of other people, of female founders or entrepreneurs, to kind of also just like if they're looking for that community they're also there for a reason um to network and to help and exchange ideas and it doesn't always have to be monetary it's time right Mm -hmm. time is a huge value yeah absolutely and if you can't find a community that is like what you're looking for create one you know just like what we were talking about at the beginning like making that ask putting yourself out there if you cannot find the people that you feel like you need to have around you as a community make your own and watch it just explode. Because how do you think every other community out there got started? Somebody was looking for their community. They couldn't find it and they just did it themselves. Yeah. And also within the industry. So like I'm a part of like Bay area women in publishing. Like I joined, when I first launched this business, I just like looked at like other organizations that Mm -hmm. were in my space, right? Women organizations Mm -hmm. or, and also I'm part of like independent publishers organizations but really specifically women ones was really important to me because I do think um that it helps kind of talk about how we we do do things differently how we even want to talk about money or and some of the some of the issues around that and investors and all those things I wanted to have leaders and I wanted to have my circle really be women who who and help me kind of work through some of those things yeah, definitely. I, I agree hundred percent with that. I feel like women can do really powerful things. And when we support each other, it's just even more beautiful and amazing. And we're just unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So obviously you've worked with a lot of authors. So who do you think could benefit from writing a book and why do you think so? Mm, God, that is such a big question. <laughs> I mean, I think that like who could benefit So I do think that there's something to be said when like, you know, right now, for example, I'm working on a book for um, spring 2022 uh, with an incredible marriage therapist, right? Hmm. And I think she will benefit from this book. She had it in her and she's, you know, it's not your academic book. She could have written more of, she has all the initials, she has all the degrees um, and done more of like a clinical book. Um, But this one, to, to bring a book for the tray, which is what we do to the every, every woman, it's called a little less of a hot mess, actually, the <laughs> book. And it's like, you know, really kind of talking about as a, as, as a parent, as a, as a therapist, as a mother, you know, and so bringing that book to light, I think she'll really benefit both, not just from the book sales, but for, for, for her as a speaker, which I think can really um, propel people forward often is that if you think about the book also about how it's going to propel your speaking career or your personal career forward, uh, that's a huge benefit Mm -hmm. writing. Yeah, definitely. The book that I'm about to have come out, which is still just like, so weird to say was totally an accident. We, my, old co-host Mickey and I went on to a podcast together as guests and we were talking about, you know, just balancing motherhood and business as millennials. 
And the host of the podcast did not even realize that she had a publishing company and that she worked with people to create these books that are guides. So she does millennial guides and Gen Z guides. And so it's, it's a totally different format of a book than what like your normal book that you would pick up and read is. It's kind of like meant to be not read cover to cover. You flip through it and it's kind of like, here's a challenge. And if you are experiencing this challenge and you flip to the page and you can read, you know, just a bunch of tips on how to work through this challenge. And so it's definitely like writing, but it was a lot different than kind of what I would think of for if I wrote a book, which was definitely on my long-term goal list was to write a book and be a published author, which is exciting still. And so just thinking about even in a book like this, how, how much confidence it's giving me, what it adds to my resume to be a published author, the amount of benefit that I'm providing other people. And this is just from being a co-author with two other people in kind of a shorter format book, right? It's, it is an incredible feeling to be able to do that. And so I think Honestly, if you have ever even thought of the idea of writing a book, there is immense benefit that you could find from it. And for me personally, this has inspired me to go on. And now I want to write a book on my own, which I want to talk to you about after the podcast, (laughs) probably. (laughs) But just, I mean, just the whole thing is, is so huge and it's so huge for your career. But the idea of writing a book is extremely intimidating, right? I I feel like that's what holds a lot of people back from doing it because it's really intimidating to think I'm going to write a book. So you say that you help people get their book out of their brain and published in a year, which that (laughs) sounds incredible. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So, okay. So, you know, I come from a time where like Amazon was literally a book retailer over 20 plus years ago, same with Walden Pond and Borders in the mall, which don't exist anymore. And like, you know, Amazon now is not just a book retailer, it's everything. But um, Amazon also has a big self-publishing platform and, um, and has many companies that provide a service to publish in that way. And what I say to people within my own industry is that Amazon disrupted our industry. It has created a separate industry that's probably over a billion dollars now. I have no idea. And that's self-publishing and it's a model. It's a publishing model that's here to stay. Mm -hmm. And it works for some and it doesn't work for all. There's traditional publishing where your intellectual property is acquired for life, unless you can buy it back after it goes out of print. And there usually have to be agented. And in so many ways, in, you know, especially in certain places, you gotta really embrace that you're going to be a writer or you're famous or a politician. Mm-hmm. It's extremely competitive. And then there is somewhere in between, right? There's a bunch of new companies that have come out And there are hybrid publishing that's been around for a while, but what is distribution? And there's also something called packaging, which has been around since I've 
been in publishing for over 20 plus years, which is what many, many, many companies do. For example, I worked on a cookbook called Splenda from Splenda, mm-hmm. the actual sweetener that I worked on a book with Method cleaning supplies from Method. Those are package deals that go into the trade but they're actually using that, those brands, as a marketing tool, those books. And yet they're getting trade distribution. So what I thought, because I came from this world of custom and packaging, um, I thought, well, what if I founded a company called Partnership Publishing? 40% of what we do is our own stuff. We create proprietary work for Costco, where we think it up. We're writers, editors, thinkers. And we can put it on a list. 60% are people that I've partnered with. They pay us a creative fee, but they own their intellectual property. And we essentially license it for now up to anywhere between three years and 10 years. And uh, we launch in partnership the product into the trade. It's a very different model, but I it's one that people also have to be able to say, we take risk. And my attitude is it is expensive to compete with Random House, Simon & Schuster, Hachette, the big five. Mm-hmm. So if you want to have a book that can stand out just as good as any of them, you need to actually hire professionals who've done it, who understand it and who can create that book. So let's say you are, I'm gonna say you're you're a winemaker. Megan, you come to me and you make this incredible boutique wine Mm -hmm. and you've got an interesting story. I think a book would be a really good idea for you. Just exactly like a therapist, but different. Why? Because you you could spend $10,000 a month on a branding agency and you don't really know what you're getting out of it and some influencer marketing and blah, blah, blah. Or you could spend maybe $70,000 not on a full product with photography and a drink book and a tasting notebook, and then use it as a marketing tool for your brand, resell it at your winery, resell it on website. And then you, Amazon is going to sell anything. So of course they're going to sell it. But actually with us, we either say you can do it custom all yourself or we could launch it into a trade as a a separate marketing tool. So when um, Molly Stones, who carries your wine, great little grocery in San Francisco, let's try to get the book in there. There's a way that it kind of can pair those wine notes and that that expert that you are as a woman wine owner, right? Like I'm just kind of taking the story, but that's how we would help shape you. You didn't even know you are a winemaker that you had this and you're like, oh my God, I have that. You're totally right. So we help gather it. We think of it. We think, should it be square? Should What should be the page count? Like we think in your story in the book. Isn't that interesting? Like many people don't, professional publishers, right? <laughs> professional publishers, we think about your story in the book format. So you're, you have a story, right? We all do, but how am I going to get it there? I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to do, we're going to do a launch meeting. We're going to work with a developmental editor. Some people hire a ghostwriter and we create, some people don't just depending on how strong your own writing is, but we, it 
comes together because we're all thinking, all of our departments, what is the end package um, and what will make sense for you? Mm -hmm. So somebody essentially with like a good story, no knowledge of writing a book, publishing anything could come to you and you could basically take them from beginning to end and create something amazing for them. Yes. I mean, we may have to hire a ghostwriter. Yeah. I mean, I guarantee that everyone's a writer, right? right? Like, it's hard to write, but, but yes, we can absolutely. Like if you, if you have, I mean, you know, for me, we don't do memoir or we don't do novels. Mm -hmm. We, we really would focus on like the nonfiction space or the self-help space. But for me, I would definitely say that if you have like a mission or you have a practice or you have a brand or you have a restaurant or you have a cheese making factory, there's probably something really interesting there. Pickling. Mm -hmm. Let's say you are, let's say just you are a mom and you love pickling. You are the best pickler and everyone buys your pickle. You can pickle anything. I actually think that's a really good concept because we've all been home for a year plus. And I actually want to see more things like that because I would actually, I'm not even that big into very many home ec things. I actually might start pickling this year in 2021 in the winter in 2022, you know, <laughs> so I just say, yes, if you, if you, what's really cool, Megan, to me, is like, let's say, what is your side hustle? Mm -hmm. um, it might be, be interesting to think about it in the book. Yeah. Okay. Do you hear that mamas? If exactly. you have been thinking about it, think a little bit harder and see if you can envision yourself writing a book yourself. And it sounds like Angela and her business can definitely help you do that. So this has been awesome. I'm so excited to hear about what you do. I have a final question for you. And we ask everybody this. And if, if you could share one piece of advice on how to balance being a mom and a boss lady, what would it be? I could choose a balance, like a balance. Mm-hmm finding balance? Yeah. Um, I think really being able to forgive yourself is really, I think the biggest thing, being able to really embrace the fact that like, you're not going to be perfect. And there's no like, actually, there is what I say, there's no like mom self and business self. I've actually written about this on my blog, um, in a blog post called OOO equals success. Mm. And like to sometimes go out of office and know that that's where you're going to be the most successful. Um, and to like really listen to both your children and yourself. I think that's my biggest advice. Um, I think that that has led me to where I am today. And I have to sometimes remind myself always to continue to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love that so much. And I've heard you talk before about your OOO kind of <laughs> ideals. And I think that that is, you know, something that so many of us need to remember. And I love that you said you have to remind yourself of that sometimes because, you know, for, for the person listening who sees people like you or like myself out there running these successful businesses and feels intimidated because, you know, they would have to start and we've already been in it we don't just feel 
perfect all the time in our business. Like we still have to remind ourselves of these hard things and we have really hard days and we have to sit back and remember all of these things that go into being a business owner and a mom. And it doesn't come easy. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you feel insecure or doubt yourself of being able to start some kind of business for yourself or to write a book or to put yourself out there and make the big ask, just remember that you just have to take a step forward and you just have to put yourself out there and see what happens. And that's what Angela has done. That's what I have done. That's what so many other women who are out there just like crushing boss lady and baby life have done. And we know that you can do it too. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think if you can have a kid, you can be a boss because it is so hard. It is such a big feat to like really raise a family. And, you know, when I have days last week was just a doozy. And like, I had like a waterfall of things happen to me at work. Like it was like one client after the other and everyone needs space and you can't tell like, oh, your client, when they're calling you or your author's calling you, they have no idea that like an hour ago, there was another issue, right? Mm -hmm. And so you'd have to be so present for the client at hand. You can't, you have to sort of like let go of the other, of what else happened in some way as mothers, we'd have to do that too, right? So like at the end of the day, if I've been a boss or I've had a hard day, I still have to be able to do my heart, a very hard job, another job, which is listen, be a mom. Like, you know, for me, we do this practice at our table at dinner that we really try to have family dinner almost every single night. Mm -hmm. We play this thing, um, Rosebud and Thorn, about our day. What's your rose? What's the one thing that happened that was really good? What's your bud you're looking forward to? And what's your thorn? Something that like really kind of bothered you today or hurt you today. And I think we really take that moment as a family to do that. And in those moments, I like really know that like no matter what my thorn was that day, like I, my kids had a thorn too, that sometimes brings me light to say, you know what? Like, hey, you know, they're getting through that and I can get through mine. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Okay, well, on that note, we're about to change the tone a little bit because speaking of thorns, hot messes, we all have those as well. And so in this segment, it's your chance to share an embarrassing confession about a time where you've been a total hot mess because we have all been there. Yeah, so I've been thinking a lot about what I was going to share here kind of throughout this episode, you know, um, my career has really evolved over the 21 years and I, um, so I had my first child when I was almost 30 years old. And um, so I had had this great job and really climbed the ladder pretty quickly in my 20s. And um, by the time I was 30, I was going to these big conferences and, you know, selling accounts like Costco and Target and Toys R Us when it was around. So I was nursing um, and I felt this need with my first child that like I had to pump forever, right? Like that she was going to die on formula, which is such 
a myth and not true. And I totally let go of my, from my other children and like was like on a business trip and be like to my husband, it's fine, feed her some formula, but not my first. And back 13 plus years ago, there was no pumping rooms. We pumped in utility closets and on trains and in bathrooms. There was no like pods in an airport, nothing on a trade show. So I spent three or four days at a conference and I'm in sales, mind you, which is a lot of men. Mm -hmm. And I um, am at the end of the Friday and I have all this milk and I'm going to, oh, and I buy an extra cooler. So I'm total mess. Like I buy all this shit at, excuse me, am I allowed to swear on a podcast? (laughs) Okay. And so I buy all this stuff throughout the week. Okay, guys. And I'm like in some black suit and I probably was leaking. Like I was probably looked like a mess by that. Like my baby is, you know, maybe four months old. (laughs) And I was, and I was probably crying. I remember actually crying to go get the rental car when I landed in Chicago. Like, it was just like, what was I even doing there? <laughs> so anyways, um, <laughs> no, it gets worse. So, okay, so I leave the fridge, in the fridge, in the break room, which I, I'm not even part, this is a, you know, I don't even know half the people at this big company. On a Friday at the end of the last day, I leave all of this breast milk in the fridge, right? Because I was like, I'm going to be on a big flight from Chicago back to San Francisco. I didn't want to waste my ice or my coat. Okay, fine. Well, my meetings get late and it's like four something on a Friday. So I go to the break room and my milk is not in the fridge. And I start looking around and there's a custodian. They're cleaning up everything. And there's a huge trash can, a huge gray, you know, bin. And so I start digging in it. I'm like a total freaking like mess. And the guy is looking at me and I'm like throwing things out of the trash. And I'm starting to get these pumping milk bags. And I'm starting to put them into cooler. And all of a sudden I like look at myself and I like just lost it. I start and I call my husband on the phone. I'm like in the middle of the hallway and I'm like, probably going to miss my flight now, huh? And he was like, honey, stop. Like, just, you're totally fine. The baby is totally fine. <laughs> I just felt like I'm such a mess. And he was like, just come home. We just love you. Leave the milk. <laughs> she should not have that anymore. So I left the milk. The most freeing thing, my baby was totally fine. Oh my God. And, and you know, it's just like, you know, just now having, like, I think like now when people are like, well, how come you left? That kind of brings me full circle to when I was six months pregnant and almost 40, like 10 years later to be like, I just was like, I don't want to keep doing this to my body. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's okay to say. Like I'm a mess. I'm tired. I'm hot. I, my feet are swollen and it's 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of was like, Whoa, I deserve to be a boss mom of my own at this mm-hmm. moment, in my career. Yeah. Uh, and I get to like decide in so many different ways now. And I hope that, you know, thank God there are pumping rooms now mm-hmm. in and thank God there's pumping rooms at the Javits, 
and nicer places uh, in, in, in offices. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that it's not tooling and really hard on the body, mm-hmm. even oh, with yeah. all of that. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And did that custodian know what they were doing? Like liquid gold <laughs> in the garbage? <laughs> I, know. I know. I was like screaming. But I was like, oh my God. Exactly. Like, literally liquid gold. He was like, there's a crazy woman right now. <laughs> You're like, you don't know what you've done. I would have done the same thing. I totally, with my daughter, when she was nursing, was a psychopath about the breastfeeding thing. And I I totally would have done the same thing. But that's, I mean, as funny as that is, that's a beautiful story, how it came full circle 10 years later. And I love that. Thank you for sharing so much. Totally. And it's just like, now I can laugh at myself. Uh Maybe woman is listening to this and they're like, oh my God like, let it go. It is okay. Like in that moment, yes. Was I like a raging, crazy person, but like, also I kind of was all throughout the whole week. Like, why did I feel like so in, like obligated mm-hmm. just like, you know, make sure every moment that I had that like, I couldn't just let go and go, you know what? I'm still a great mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm a just, it's like, even if my kid has one bottle of formula and one bottle of breast milk. And that's what I could give her on this trip. Yep. On this business trip. Yeah. That's a good reminder. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been amazing. I have learned a lot from you about the publishing side of things and just, <laughs> you know, the inspiration that you provide for people thinking about starting their own business or writing a book. Like, I just think it's so great to have other women come on here and share what starting a business looks like for them and your journey to it. And it sounds like you've had such an incredible journey with highs and lows and all the things that kind of go into it. And I'm so glad that you came on and shared everything with us today. Where can people find you before we let you go? Where can they check you out, learn more about what you do, follow you on social, tell us all of the things. Well, I think this is the very first podcast that I've been on talking about a pickling idea. <laughs> no, I don't even know. It was fun. It was fun. It's fun to just think of all the wacky, wonderful things that go into a book. But um, well, thank you for those questions. So if you want to find us, which you'll see, we do all kinds of fun stuff. Um, the collectivebook.studio is our website, the collectivebook.studio, and also on Instagram at the collectivebookstudio. Um we do have a Twitter account. They will put in the show notes because I have I haven't written it down. But yeah. we do have a Twitter account. I think it's CBS underscore collective book, but don't quote me. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. Yes. And then also, um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm really active. Just Angela Engel, and you, people can message me on LinkedIn as Angela Engel. And uh, I would love for people to reach out. Absolutely, thank you. Wonderful. Okay. So make sure you go follow Angela in the collective book studio and keep up with everything that she has going on. And until next time you've got this mama's stay bossy. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to boss ladies and babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate review and leave us some feedback. Make sure you follow us on social at boss ladies and babies. Join the conversation in our private Facebook group and check out everything we have to offer like community coaching, merch, and more at bossladiesandbabies.com. And until next time, stay bossy. boss lady. Come here. 
I've got a few questions to ask you. Have you been struggling to find your unique balance in your life or business? Do you feel lost as a mom and or business owner and need some direction or clarity? Do you feel like you aren't truly connecting with your customers, not making sales and can't figure out why? Do you struggle to show up on social media consistently and intentionally without feeling completely overwhelmed? If you answered yes to any of these questions, keep listening. The Brand You Strategy is my signature six-week business balance and branding course that walks you through creating a solid and recognizable business and brand identity and has proven to help you gain a clear understanding of who you are and determine your unique message and dream customers so you can relax into your business and make more money. Who doesn't want that? The Brand You Strategy only launches six times per year and has a spot waiting with your name on it. For more info, check out bossladiesandbabies.com or contact me, your girl Megan, on Instagram at it's Megan Gillespie or via email at megan at bossladiesandbabies.com. Mention this ad and receive 25% off your spot. I can't wait to see what you do.